Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Check out our blog at DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Uh, your voice cracked. DIY Coffee. Whatever. Loosening things up right in there. Nice. I'm glad you're finally hitting that stage, Daniel. Finally. Finally. It's taken a little while. Yeah, you're a late bloomer. Yeah, all the good ones are. Yeah. All right, we have got an exciting show because we have some listeners who responded to our question. Lucrative offer. You know, I'm surprised we didn't get more. We got a few. We're going to bring one uh, uh, to the show today. I'm really excited about that. But if you missed it, uh, it, it you know, I you might have skipped over it in your stream. Uh, we're gonna give twenty five. I mean, it. Look, the question today from Matt was getting twenty five dollars. Boom, Amazon card sent to his email. So to be clear, you send us in an audio question to the email podcast at diymoney.org. and if we use the question on the show, so it has to be a. You know, it has to be at least a decent quality question that we're going to use on the show. You can't just send an audio file and think you're going to get $25. Right. Whatever. Yes. But if it's a legitimate question that we can then answer on the show, we're going to send you a $25 Amazon card. Yeah. It's not, I mean, this is not rocket science. It's early adopter season, for folks. We're trying to really uh, bring in some unique content. Uh, we'll always go back to the cool subject matter that, you know, that is budgeting and all those riveting subjects that... We talk about, but we really want to engage with you. Some of the questions that we get while we're off air, uh, we're going to start saying, hey, you know what? Let's just record that and bring it onto the show. You can help more people. Show's about helping folks. It really is. Our primary line of work is we are fee-only wealth managers. This is a passion of ours to help you. Uh, So send us those questions. Again, just hit your audio up on your uh, voice memo on your phone. If you are on an iPhone, just hit that voice memo, memo, record it, and then you can literally from there send us the file. It's real simple, uh, and that's podcast at DIYmoney.org, podcast at DIYmoney.org. Uh, do you give us you know your name? We'll have your email, so we'll be able to be in touch with you for that card if we use if we use the uh, the question, you don't have to, you know, uh, Matt gave us his first and last name. You don't have to do that. You can, you know, you can make up a name. We don't really care. We just want a, a legitimate good question that we can touch on uh, and, and help others with. So without further ado, let's hit our first question. Boom. Hello, DIY Money. My name is Matt Cervoni, and I want to ask what you recommend doing when you are saving to buy a car or another expensive item. I'm averse to the idea of taking out loans for such purchases or having a car payment. I've heard of strategies where you pretend you have a car payment, even when you don't, and the money is placed in a safe investment or high-yield checking account, if that still exists, where you eventually have enough to purchase your next vehicle in cash. What do you recommend doing to plan for a purchase like this? Wow. Good question, Matt. Cervoni. Solid DIY question. That was a great question. Very articulate. I think he wrote it down and then read it. I don't care. It sounded good. It was exceptional. Thank you, Matt. You set the bar high. For those of you out there that are going to be intimidated now by that question, (laughs) you don't have to be that articulate. You can send it on. But I know uh, that was exceptional. So, Daniel, um, I've got a... 
I'm going to have to cut back my time on this one. I've got a lot of thoughts on this, uh, but let's cue it up with you. What are, what are some of your thoughts on uh, Matt's question? All right, so this is really applicable to our family because we are on the verge of uh, trading in one of the cars and upgrading to van life. Uh, we've got two kids now. <laughs> so that's coming. It's coming soon. Love it. But uh, so we've been doing this. We had we used to use car loans a while back. So for, I guess, uh, my wife and I's first, I'll say, three cars of our marriage, uh, we did the car loan sort of shuffle uh, where you have a car loan. Eventually, you get it paid off, but then it's time to get a new car. You get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, we finally got tired of that because as we calculated the amount of interest that we were actually paying over the life of the car. It was just nauseating. So since paying off that third car uh, a while back, we have used actually the strategy that Matt was alluding to in there. We didn't pretend that we still had a car payment. We still had a car payment because regardless of whether or not you have a rear looking car payment, so that's you take out a loan, you get the car, and then you keep making a payment on it. Or you have a forward-looking car payment. That means you know you're going to buy a car someday, so you start paying for it. Uh, either way, you're making that payment. And in this case, Matt's talking about putting that money aside in an account. Uh, we've done it both ways over our time. When we started uh, saving for our last car, which we were able to buy cash through this strategy, we initially started putting it in uh, diversified broad market index fund because we were saving you know, a couple hundred dollars a month. The If the market had gone down in that time, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. We would have been buying lower, et cetera. So we were able to get a little bit more uh, bang for our buck by doing that. About the time that that hit about a $10,000 balance, though, we swooped, swept, swept? I don't know. What Whatever. Say. Yeah, over to a savings account to kind of keep it safe and ready uh, for when we were going to buy that car. Now, on this car, uh, we just went straight to the savings account. We didn't mess with the, the stock market so forth. We pretty much opened an account at uh, ally.com. High yield savings about 2.2% now. Not affiliated with them. Not an advertisement, but that's what we are using personally. But if they want to sponsor the show. If you want to sponsor Ally and you're listening, whoever <laughs> Ally is, uh, yeah, we'd love for you to sponsor. But uh, that's where our family is keeping our uh, savings right now. And we've pretty much just set a direct debit, every paycheck, uh, a direct deposit portion that would otherwise be a car payment goes into that. Uh, and then we just, when that's ready to go, uh, or at the amount that we need to buy that van, we're going to cash that out, go buy the van. So it's an even swap. We also use that fund kind of uh, as a buffer for car maintenance, et cetera. But uh, we use that. Is, you're not going to get rich on you know 2% interest. But the point of that account is not getting rich and have massive returns and you know gambling with your, uh, your car savings, if you will. It's pretty much setting aside money so that when you need it, it's going to be there. Okay. I want to address this as excellent. I want to address on a few different fronts. First of all, I am 41 years old. I drove a Honda Civic until last year. Then I bought a Volvo. Are you insinuating something about a Honda Civic? They're excellent. And you want to keep with a practical, reliable automobile. So, Matt and listeners out there, the DIY money lifestyle, in my opinion, is just that. I like to call it what we refer in our business as simple excellence. I think there's a psychology. You didn't ask about this, and the assumption is you won't do anything dumb with a car purchase as far as what kind of car, but I see a lot of people do it, and I want to address it. And that is you in an automobile are looking for something practical, affordable, and reliable. Anything that doesn't fit through that model, 
I think, is setting yourself up for failure. What do I mean by that? Well, if you buy a clunker because you just are, you know, you cannot fathom putting in a, a car loan and you're going to, you know, your cousin's best friend's nephew is selling a $2,500 Escort 87, 275,000 miles in the odometer stopped. And wow, what a deal. And it lasts you three months and then you end up spending three times as much to try to fix this, that is a terrible, terrible decision. Conversely, if you are sitting there looking at, you know, top-of-the-line, brand-new expeditions, no offense to an expedition or people who drive them. We bought one used, by the way, off an auction lot several years ago. It was a great car. But you don't need a $70,000 automobile. You don't need it. You must adopt that millionaire mindset, next-door millionaire mindset, that says my automobile gets me from point A to point B, practical, affordable, reliable. What is that, Twelve to 15000 Maybe a little bit higher? For a, yeah, sedan, car kind of thing. Used. Mm-hmm. Used. Three to four years. Oh, but Quint, the warranty, the this, the that. I, no. No. You, you're not going to convince me. No, I've never bought a new car. I will never buy a new car. Three, four years, I think that's uh, perfect as far as a used car goes. The value is much better, et cetera. Now, th- getting those psychology things. Oh, and practical from a, you're moving to a van, right? Yeah. So that it's a life stage you're in. You're not going, well, I need the Escalade now because no. I got the kids, right? No, come on. Keep it practical, you know. I, I love, and I'm going to use this term, and, and it's. I think he says something like, you know, live like nobody else today so you can live like nobody else tomorrow. It's out of Dave Ramsey. Total credit to him, but I love it. It's perfect. Okay, getting back to your to your question. I think there's three groups, and, and, and the second one Daniel covered perfectly. Number one is you're in desperation. You need a car, and you don't have any money. Okay, Matt sounds like he already has an automobile, and he's thinking about saving for the next one. And that's group two, and I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with what Daniel said. Putting money away, you know, in in an account uh, on a monthly basis, saving up so you can go in and you can write a check. I I think it's great. Uh, that's group two. But number one, you need a car, reliable, affordable, uh, practical, and you don't have any money. Well, look, I I think. There, there's something to be said about somebody who's going to ride a bike, take a bus, you know, figure out how to do an Uber and a Lyft. I mean, that's great. Good for you. But we're America for a reason, and one of those reasons is we have an unbelievable banking system. And and sometimes taking out an auto loan is a necessity. But again, an auto loan, not because your cousin's nephew's best friend is selling this $5,000 clunker and you go down to your bank and you borrow 5000 buy it, and now you're 5000 in the hole, and oh, by the way, it's another $5,000 to repair, when you could have gone to the Honda dealership, bought a used Honda for $12,000, a little bit more, had an auto loan through them, and then ultimately worked hard to pay it off. So I think in that first camp, if you are in that camp and you are needing a reliable automobile, it's like when we eventually get a question about student loans. I have a I have a real strong opinion about student loans, and it's going to baffle a lot of people. 
because it's not as it's not as negative as a lot of people think. But if you are trying to get to a job that's paying you forty or fifty thousand dollars a year, and you have to make a twelve thousand dollar, fifteen thousand dollar investment to do so that you're going to pay back, and you are at risk of losing that job for not making that fifteen thousand dollar investment, guess what? That don't make any sense to me. That doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, that's group number one. And again, I think then it comes down to practical, affordable, uh, reliable automobile, and you go to the dealership, and you do the financing through them, and you stretch it out, and, and you ask questions. You, 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 don't, you don't need the extended warranty. This is personal opinion. This is not, uh, this is, I, I don't get the extended warranty. Okay, I, this, I'm just flashing that out there. Somebody can call up and say, I should have got the, I don't get it. Okay, I, it's already five years, 100,000. Typically, blah, blah, blah. the odds are against getting the extended warranty because right. that's how the warranty places stay in business. And I certainly don't have them put in the upgraded stereo system for yeah. only $12 a month that you run the numbers on and ends up being five. Or thousand fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, you know, so that's what they do in the financing department. But to be fair, somebody will not get the extended warranty, and something will go wrong, and you'll have to pay for it out of pocket. But that's life. Yeah, that is life. That does happen, and that's why you have some fast cash and an emergency fund, which we've talked about before. That's group number one. Group number two, Daniel hit perfectly, and that is the individual who's saving, has a car now, saving for the next one, putting money away. I subscribe to that not only for automobiles, and Matt said any major purchase. So that's a down payment on a house, the same thing. Major vacation, right? Big, how about putting a new roof on? You know that the roof's going to be in a couple of years. I mean, we talked about early when we started launching this podcast, it was, what was it, April or May or March? Sure. I, don't remember. I remember. But I literally said Christmas in the spring, like start saving for Christmas now. It's going to be a $2,000 expense. Build it into your budget. Start saving. Okay. That's group number two. How about group number three? You're flush. You got cash. You got the emergency fund. You got the 401ks. You're putting money away, and it's time. You hate it. It's time You you know time to get a new automobile. Well, I think this comes down to a, to a discussion on personal preference, which we've had before regarding debt. I did this recently when I got rid of the Civic, and I bought the Volvo, all right? And thank goodness we did. You know, eight days after we got that Volvo, we got into an accident. And if we didn't have that Volvo, if we were in that Civic, we would have been toast. It would have been in trouble. We would have been in trouble. What are you studying over there so intently? Oh, just looking at the computer. Pay attention. I teach my. I'm 12, listening to you. My twelve-year-old. They say eyes and ears, son. Eyes. Yeah. Radio. Well, yeah, but you're not. You don't even care Podcast. what I'm saying. Anyways, okay. Whatever. Daniel's not caring what I'm saying. Anyways, group number three, you are. You know, you you are fiscally prudent, and you. You want to buy money, or you want to buy a car. You have money. You want to buy a car. Now, um, many then would say, well, look at the interest rates. What are you getting on your money? What are you getting in the interest rates, et cetera? Um, I went down this road when I first bought that Civic. The Civic was, you know, twelve dollars or $13,000. I had the money. I could have pulled it out of an investment account. I didn't want to do that. So I financed it at like they were giving it, you know, 0.5 or something like that. You know how long I had that payment? It wasn't long. Like six months. Yeah. It was so annoying to me to pay that stupid payment that I finally called them up and I said, I, just tell, tell me what the balance is. I'm selling some investments and I'm paying this stupid thing off. I hate it. And guess what I had? Hmm. A prepayment penalty. Yeah, because they want to keep your money. Yeah. They want to oh, keep that Quint, interest rate. Quint, didn't you ask about that when you went in to finance? Yeah, I sure did. So you know what I had to do? I had to go back to the dealer, 
I had to go back to that individual and I had to say, you remember that little discussion we had about prepayment penalty and I didn't sign, I didn't initial there because I wasn't going to, yeah, now they want to charge me, that's on you. And they took care of it. I mean, they ended up, it was like a thousand or 500 bucks or whatever it was. They they paid it, which I was happy, or they sent me a check back. I don't remember how it worked out, but I had to fight for that. It was annoying. I need to go get a cashier's check. I need to send it in in 10 days and blah, 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 blah. So in my world, if you are in that situation and you have to buy a car, you peel the money off and you buy a car. Can you feel the lumbar support lifting up your spirits? Do you feel it? Well, I, Can I, you I, feel the seat warmers warming your soul? Can you feel it? Do you feel it? Yes. Yes. I feel it. I feel it. And and the last one I did, I did through Carvana. I went on to Carvana. Not a sponsor. If you want to sponsor, though, let us know. Yep. Went on to Carvana. I put in all the information for my Honda. I got relatively the amount I was thinking I would get if I private sailed it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Carvana. They came by. They picked up the the Civic. They dropped off the Volvo. I took it for a test. I mean, it was awesome. It was beautiful. Uh, and I sent them money. And now I have a car. Nice. All right. That was a good question, Matt. Anything else to add to that? Are there any rules of thumb that... Uh you consider valid as far as, you know, amount to spend on a car versus kind of gross income, household income, et cetera? Or is it, do you, do you just have to kind of be smart situation by situation? What, what are your thoughts on that? I don't have thoughts on that. Um, I really don't. I, I, I think that uh, it's, it's again, practical, reliable, affordable. I, if it, if it, that's just me personally. Sure. Um, but I, some people will come back and go, well, what is affordable really yeah. in my well, budget? How would you do that? I mean, what would you say? I don't know. I mean, I've seen rules of thumbs in the 10 to 20% of income range, uh, 10%, 10% being like really strict. So, uh, you know, if you make 80 grand a year as a household, you're spending 8,000 on a car. That's honestly in today's world, pretty you're not, tough. Yeah, you're not going to get a car. You're going to get something that's going to need maintenance and so forth. So I've seen people up at uh, 20%, honestly, 20% at, uh, 80,000 income. You're looking at a you know, a $16,000 car, which you can get a reliable couple year old car. Uh, you're not going to get into the, the van world unless you're getting the 80, hundred thousand mile older van. So, um, when you need a specialized vehicle like that, that's where it's going to get tough. You do have to be smart and you may have to save longer than you think. But as you alluded to, I think if you're holding on to, to these things for, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, um, you're better off kind of investing on the front end, not having that payment if you can do it, uh, and so forth. So, but yeah, generally, you know, you shouldn't be spending upwards of, you know, well over 25% of your annual household income, unless you're just in that third group and you're kind of flush. Uh, at that point, maybe, maybe that's part of your goals, your plans. But if, you know, if you're stretching to buy a car that nobody really cares about what car brand you're driving, uh, that's not a DIY move there. Not a DIY move at all. All right, Matt, excellent question. Remember, uh, we'll send you that $25 gift card to your email. Thank you again. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us your question, podcast at DIYmoney.com. An audio question. We're not going to read it. We want your voice on the air. This is a pre-recorded podcast, or else we'd tell you when we're on. We could have you call in, but uh, we're not going to do that. So uh, hit us up uh, with a voice memo. Email it to podcast at DIYmoney.org. We'll read your qu- or we'll play your question on air and kick it around and uh, hopefully help you and some other folks. All right, remember, friends, the secret to wealth is not all that complicated. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. 
Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYmoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.